I was a water fiend. I used to chug the shit out of that water. And people would say, I'd ease up on it. The mm-hmm. local specifically. Oh, yeah. Couldn't get enough. I couldn't enough. get enough. He couldn't look at get me. enough of that water. Yep. I was gay for H2O. And <laughs> <laughs> it was a H2 homo. <laughs> Did you say hate? I did accidentally, <laughs> did. and I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm accidentally British now. What is Dear free legal advice, my co-podcaster has started using a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that delights me more than hearing a British person drop a H, though. Like, that's that oh. instant, instant hilarity every time. What, what do you prefer? Which is better, H or Z? Zed pisses me off. H is funny. Okay. Yeah. H is great because you can drop it in so many ways. You can drop a H talking about the H bomb in like a, a like a, a an EDM <laughs> song like Here Comes the Drop. Uh, H, 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 bomb. <laughs> and then it's, it's really See, good. I was picturing Grant in a in a history class where they're like and 100,000 people were killed with the H-bomb, and he's, like, giggling in the back. <laughs> That's funny, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they can't take anything seriously over there. They, yeah. they can't. <laughs> yeah, they can't. The British, notoriously the British. unserious. Famous. Yep. They're calling it the Great Resignation. The global pandemic has caused millions to reflect on their miserable lives and quit their jobs in search of more meaningful employment. Do what you love, right? Find that passion project that can also pay the bills. Well, little Captain Travis, if you're one of these millions and you're as dumb as I think you are, you're probably thinking about opening a restaurant. Maybe a cute little brunch spot, uh... Dust off grandma's old recipes, roll up your sleeves, roll out the dough. Well, if you've come so far as listening to this podcast, there's no changing your ignorant mind. So we may as well give you our best advice on opening a restaurant. This week, Free Legal Advice Podcast brings you how to open a restaurant. Uh, first of all, let's get to our bona fides, why anyone should trust us. Let's uh, let's go around the horn here and give a, a rundown of your restaurant touring experience. Uh, I can start. I have worked at a, well, I was a sandwich artist at Subway. I was a sandwich Mm -hmm. engineer at Quiznos. Uh, I worked at a little um, bar and grill in our hometown. I worked on a falafel food truck. Um, Probably some other little things here and there, but I think uh, those are probably the big ones. Uh, Plenty of Plenty of uh, restaurant experience across the board. What about you guys? I've started three Michelin star restaurants, and I own a successful chain of uh, truck stops slash breakfast joints up and down the East Coast. I didn't know about the breakfast joints. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought well, you guys were just doing lunch and dinner. <laughs> eh, it's a front for prostitution. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've, I've worked in a fast food place, worked as a short order cook. I was a donut guy. Uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. But yeah, I've worked in restaurants. I got all that going on. Plus, I've done some catering in which it's like, uh, hey, you know how you serve food? Do it by the vat. Um, Mm. It's hot and red and you're wearing white, so move a shitload of it real fast. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, uh, all sorts of food service from uh, from, uh, the the customer side where you have to look like you didn't get hair in it to the the cooking side when you're trying not to get much more hair in it. 
Um, I I've done it all. It's, uh, it's been a staple of my employment, uh, low these many greasy, pimple-infested uh, years. Grant, you're greasy and have pimples. Have you ever worked in a restaurant? This is true. <laughs> um, also, yes, I have worked in restaurants. Uh, Happy coincidence. I've uh, done uh, fry cooking, they call it. Mm. At least they used to when I was doing. Uh, and also, I've uh, I spent a quarter rolling burritos in college. So, you know, I got a minor in that. That's right. Indeed. Yep. Rolling them on the thighs of Cuban virgins. Mm-hmm. With the thighs of Cuban versions. Both of them at the ah, same yeah, time, just kind of going back and forth. Yep. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Put the tortilla, slap in the filling, wiggle their legs. Mm-hmm. I know how to do it. You don't have to tell me. I did it. <laughs> Let's get some of the... Um, we can get to the glamorous stuff. Let's maybe just start with like the the reality of working in a restaurant. Um, just so, so little Captain Travis knows what they're into or in for. Well... Well, they're um, starting a restaurant, not working in one, right? Well, I, I okay. So, as, as owning a restaurant, do you? There's both kinds. So, okay, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. We yeah. haven't we we'll haven't decided what kind we're gonna do yet. There's the little, you know, if you're just getting this thing up off the ground, you're pretty much doing everything. Um, you know, being scrappy. when we get but to yeah. the why, when we get to the why, we can hit that point. But okay, you have a you have a good point. They need to know. Let's talk about some of the fun because what I want the the Ben, you bring up a good point. That depending on what we'll decide, you know, what kind of we'll give some advice on the type of restaurant. But um, you bring up a good point that perhaps the owner's not doing all the dirty work. But I, what I do want the owner to understand is what the behavior of their employees will be. Um, so mm -hmm. you have to keep in mind. I think we've probably shared some of these stories on air before. Um, what? What? Let me just ask this as a question. What would be your policy? For if you're owning a restaurant, how, what would you recommend the the policy be for employee meals? It, it, there, there's two schools of thought here. One is just let it be free because they're going to steal whatever they want to eat anyway. That's uh, correct. Or you do the wink and the nod like, well, you get one free this and blah, blah. But uh, you d try to enforce that. That's uh, trying to catch a cloud, my friend. My wife worked at McDonald's uh, in high school. I feel like she said it was like 50% off or something for employees. It wasn't uh -huh. even like a full free deal. Okay. Like, McDonald's, though, that's a legit shop. You know, that's like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a legit thing. They've got cameras. They've got systems. They're doing real inventory. <laughs> that's the thing. Really? They have systems and they check their inventory. That's the difference between the thing we're talking about. Not that the food was better. The food was just as bad, if not worse. Like, McDonald's is worse, if not, you know, on par. But they were keeping track of shit. Yeah. So, true story. I won't name my company and I won't name this person. But she is a top person as far as how our supply chain processes work. And she has worked at a McDonald's as an adult for a while and will tell people that get like uh, like plant managers that get all high and mighty about something or somebody in operations or, or manufacturing somewhere that she will like, listen, it's just like a damn McDonald's. This works like this, this works like this. This is no different. You think because you're making what, 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 that you think that you're so fucking special. This is a McDonald's if you break it down. Because she can say that because it's McDonald's. Now she's not saying it's a Burger King, you fools, or any <laughs> no name thing for sure. But really, McDonald's is like everything is it's tight, how it all works, all the processes and everything like that. So we, we should not compare. Right. Uh, and let's leave them out of this. You can say there's probably a reason why they've sold a billion hamburgers. And uh, <laughs> it's because they are counting. 
But yeah. keep in mind <laughs> what happened to the Hamburglar. It looked up counting. Right. He disappeared. He's uh, in the Pine Barrens. Kids are poor and hungry, and there's going to be a decent amount of downtime, no matter how successful you are. They're just they're going. The wheels are going to be turning. They're going to be scheming, and at some point, they're going to go. They're not counting this, or you know, they're 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 going to find the loopholes, and they will. First loophole. Oh, I made the order wrong. Oh, I dropped this, and then I ate it. <laughs> so that so there's the like I found the loophole for my own food, and I think we've shared stories about how like oh well if it's free for me uh, when my friends roll by, uh, well, I can give them uh-huh. the employee meal as well, and um, a lot a lot of a lot of that food's walking out the door. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. So yeah, just just with our own experience, I think we've uh, we can. Give the heads up to little Captain Travis that your employees are going to rob you blind. But another thing that I think is a little bit more widely known, I looked up the stats again. 60% of restaurants fail in the first year, and 80% will close will not make it to five years. So why do people want to open restaurants? Let's just get that out yeah. there. Like, why do people want to do this? This is because they're they're missing. They think that they're starting a clubhouse. I think most people who start a restaurant are like, "Well, I know what I would like, and all my friends will be yes. there, and we'll <laughs> do this." <laughs> no, no, and no. I think ninety percent of restaurants, or the whatever, the eighty percent that all fail, are started by people who think they're going to make a thing that they like for their friends. They're making a clubhouse. The rest are by people who are just completely cold calculating how to make a business. There's going to be this profit margin. There's going to be this. What food? I don't know. We'll get there later. And then we're going to have this. who count things. You got to be a person who count things if you want to make it in this business. I had it in two categories, Ben, and they almost line up. I had it in um, people who have worked in the back and are like, fuck that. I'm never doing that again, but this is all I know. (laughs) And then people who have never worked in the back. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And those are the number those are the solo's number crunchers. What type of food? The cheapest that counts as food. There's I'm trying to buy who, a boat here. There's people who get involved and they can and they're back and they're making it work. You know, this is like a little mom and pop kind of a thing. And then there's people who are in there because of the clubhouse thing and they're fucking it all up. They're they're checking under the pizza to see if it's done, you son of a bitch. Anyway, um <laughs> but they're there there are people who are in the clubhouse mode. And then there's like the guy who's a restaurateur and he's like, I've owned, I've opened a bunch of these restaurants and stuff. No, I don't fucking get in the kit. We hire immigrants in the kitchen. We hire one chef to write the menu and we hire girls to sit up front and get tips. So done. That's the business model. Yeah. You know, I, I can't believe I, I, I thought I wrote down the same thing that it's like there's this romantic idea of like. My friends and family are going to show up at the clubhouse and maybe a local celebrity like the big kahuna is going to stop by and, you know, I'm going to brush elbows with the big stars. But and I'm not letting Larry Ellerson in. That fucking asshole is not coming into my restaurant. I'm starting a restaurant just to keep him out. Here's the thing, yeah. though. To go, we're talking about slippage from, from the kids. If your goal is to, you know, have friends and family come in, like, that's going to be like, oh, I can hook up my friends and the, the, it's like, 
So your employees are stealing from you, and you're giving away free food. Like I think I feel like it's really easy to lose track of. Like at some point, you do need to charge for some of these meals. Matt, you wonder why they <laughs> fail within a year. You sit down with your accountant. Well, so I let my employees steal from me, and I don't charge my customers. Where's all my money? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, you guys haven't been in like a. Uh, you guys have all been in bands. Um, but like the, the idea in for bands is that, you know, all your friends want to get in for free to the show and it's like, well, that's kind of how we get paid. Yes. Yes. And like same shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but you can give comp me, right? So it might seem like we're talking people out of this, but let me just get to the real kicker here. The total addressable market of people who eat food is everyone especially Americans. <laughs> so there's so you're, you're saying, so you're got saying a there's a chance. Like I, <laughs> I'm going to be that 20%, right? It's guaranteeing it. So we're already going to guarantee we're in the, tw- the, the 20%. We're going to, this thing's going to work, but let's do this right. So what sort of food or what sort of restaurant would you recommend opening? Like uh, if I forced you specifically, like, hey, you got to open a restaurant. What kind of restaurant, like, what kind of food would you actually pick? Hmm. Like, is there anything you're good at making? Oh, wait. Are we having a clubhouse or are we trying to make money? You tell little Captain Travis. I think this comes down to the good, fast, and cheap triangle of what kind of food do you want to serve? Hmm. Like, good, like, French cuisine? Cheap food? Like, most of the food? (laughs) I don't even know what fast would be. But, yeah, there's, like, uh, do we want to spend a lot? And, like, do we want to try and get people $1,000 a table? Like, or do I want to move through as many $5 tables as I can in five minutes? Uh, and the, I want to move through uh, as many $1,000 tables as I can yeah, in five like minutes. Yeah, that sounds that's cool. That's just math. I mean, that's I'm, why I don't know in restaurants. I'm not a bean that's counter. That's math. But... <laughs> Sorry, that was maths. Um, I, I think that we, uh, we do a cash grab and we try to figure out what's the trendiest fucking thing we can think of and uh, get in on the bandwagon as soon as possible and we sell whatever the hell that is but we uh, cut corners everywhere, um, make a bunch of money, and then just let the place fold. I think what you do is you go to like the trendiest uh, cities or you know most forward-thinking places. Delphus, Delphus, Ohio. <laughs> copy, <laughs> copy what they're doing. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Delphus. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know what they're doing in Delphus right now? Fusion restaurants. What's the least amount of... What are they fusing? Mm. What are they fusing? Oh, what I'm saying, it doesn't matter. They're doing it in Delphus. It means we've got to follow suit. Okay, because so I was going to say, you take it from the trendy place, in this case, Delphus, Delphus and just Ohio. copy what the Del- Delphonians are doing. and They're fusing. Bring it every, we're, Let's fuse shit. Okay, so we're fusing What is it. the least amount of exotic food we can add to something cheap and normal that mm. we can call it fusion? Hmm. Or that can be a menu item that is often and almost always asked to be left off the burger. Ooh, no, no, <laughs> no kimchi on this burger, please. You know, yeah, our special kimchi, kimchi burger, burger that everyone kimchi orders. Burger. No no kimchi burger, no kimchi, no kimchi, no kimchi. Got it. I ordered one with kimchi. We're out. <laughs> we yeah. stopped stocking it years ago. <laughs> but the logo for kimchi burger is cute. It's testing really well. Okay, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna throw what. We're talking about like doing the trendy thing, fusion, as they're doing in Delphus. What if we get ahead of the curve and we do 
a fission restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> deconstructed salad. A lot more energy. I like that. Uh, a lot more deconstructed like the opposite, food. Actually, we but yeah. <laughs> right, isn't it less it's energy? A lot less energy. It's more controllable, yeah, though. Th- oh yeah. Margins. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and now, and Grant, 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 Grant. Hear me out. So yes, in physics, fission uh, is AKA possible reality. in lower energy. <laughs> Fusion, fusion is uh, is not uh, easily man made. It's so much of a high energy mm-hmm. input, but then it's more of a in the restaurant world. It's the other way around. Oh, okay. it's the other way around. Yeah. Fusion, it's done. It's been done. Look at Delphus. Yeah, that's true. But they've done it to death in Delphus. Yeah, <laughs> literally to death. Several people have yes. died in that kitchen. <laughs> Tragic um, fusion restaurant accidents. Okay, uh, so we're opening a fission restaurant, uh, just to kind of stay ahead. <laughs> are we even gonna? Delphus. Are we even gonna suggest what that might mean, or are we just calling it a fission restaurant? <laughs> Take a cuisine, split it apart. Don't talk about it any further. Do I'm not discuss you, that concept any further. Deconstructed salads, deconstructed sandwich, deconstruct everything. Oh, it's just the components. We fused it. We we, we fissioned it. It's fissioned. See, I feel like the word fusion is often accompanied by Asian or Latin, or do we need to, do we need to, like, to Grant's point, do we need to do, like, Asian fission, or do we need to, like, throw out a particular... Mongolian. Okay. Nordic. All right. We take concepts like Asian fusion, and we split it apart to just regular burgers now. No (laughs) more kimchi on them. Yes. (laughs) Fission cuisine. We We get rid of all that weird crap that uh, that your parents don't want to put on there, that... (laughs) They're gonna complain about. We don't have to. No, no problem. It's gonna be a lot easier to order here. These tacos are all regular tacos. <laughs> mm, wow, it's just just like that Mexican fusion restaurant, but it's just it's pure Mexican. Yes, exactly. Yeah. See, previously it was something really fancy and special, but we fizzed it out, and now it's uh, you know we went through our special cool. vision process to make it a regular taco. Mm-hmm. Yep. Disregard the Taco Bell wrappers in our dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, would you recommend uh what, when we talk about what style of restaurant, fast food, fast casual? What's what's kind of uh, what's gonna Ben? What are they doing in Delphus, and how can we do it better? I think is how I want to phrase this question. Mm, improving on Delphus. Uh, well, tough. there's a lot of fast casual, uh, a lot of fast casual restaurants out there, Chipotle style, if you will. Uh, you go through the line, you say what you want to put on there. Nope, that's that's done. That's uh, that's dead. Um, I say uh, business casual. Business casual. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it means yet. Excuse me, <laughs> I don't know what it means excuse me, yet. sir. You'll need a polo shirt to be seated in the dining area. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking instead of fast casual, we do fast formal. So oh. you know, um, prefix. I don't know. I've never actually. I've only seen it in print. I've never heard anyone say it out right. loud. Oh. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. Yep. Like, I point and don't say it. We do we do a, a drive-through prefix menu, and it's like three hundred fifty dollars a head. You don't actually get to pick what you're what you're eating, right? So that's even even better on us. We're just making one thing. We do it really well, and it's but it's drive-through. So Grant, uh, the confusion on yeah, your face. I have face, no idea what you're talking. This about. is it's a fixed price menu. You pay X, and it comes with an, the chef is going to pick what you get. You're going to pay for appetizer, main course, second course, dessert, wine, or whatever it is that you're going to get. It's because it's like 
just let the fancy chef guy figure out like what goes together, and yeah. you're just going to be happy and eat you it. You don't pick. Yeah. Okay, just... so you guys know that you should never take me to a place like that, right? <laughs> I, right. Hope you, I hope you could figure that out. What would be the yeah. what would be the consequence? The consequence is I would <laughs> almost certainly be able to eat whatever they give me because I'm a yeah. picky person's shit. Like come on. Grant, the, oh I'm God. the complete opposite. This is my heaven. Whenever I walk into a restaurant, all I want to say is how many people? You know how to cook food. You know what's good. Don't make me put it together. I came here to make you do it because I'm not doing it at home. Like you figure out, like you know what goes with the steak and stuff. You do that. Well, would you like? Just, come on, just, four people. That's what Matt, I want. I like this idea though because um, I think you know, as long as they get the impression that they're doing something fancy and it's a fast food kind of a thing, we've got you know the bulk food dispensers at a grocery store where you turn the crank and yes. like uh, yes. buckwheat or some shit comes out of that or cereal Fruit or something. Loops. You got yeah, Fruit Loops, but instead it's cheese sticks in the one. Yes. and then there's uh, so you you crank out some cheese sticks. You crank out some nuggies, yes. you crank out some cinnamon twists, um, and they just go in a little bin, but the bin has like a little bow tie on it or something. <laughs> yeah, a I love bow, it. Not even a necktie, a bow tie. Holy shit. A bow tie, that's even fancier. <laughs> oh my God, I feel underdressed right now. <laughs> We're not even there. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> Grant, Grant. Yeah, as you're going through the drive-thru, you get out and put a jacket on. They give you a jacket, <laughs> yes. and then when you can, there's you a coat rack that has a jacket on it, and then when at the yeah. other end of the drive-thru, you put the co- jacket back on the coat rack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I like I like where we're going. Yes. Uh, so let's uh, let's give some advice on how to actually run some of the day-to-day, the management tips, like how to run this thing. So one, I want to say like, let well, let's just let's split this into two things. So first. What is um, how, how to be a model restaurant owner? Like, what? How do you run the shop? So, what, I'll just take an example uh, that Ben um, kind of alluded to earlier. What you want to do is, yeah, your employees are the ones who are making all the food and doing it all day, every day, and have done it for countless hours and pretty well know what they're doing. But you should show up once every three or four months, and when you do. You want to go right into the kitchen and start criticizing everything that your employees are doing. You know, you want to look under the pizza crust and be like, mm, nah, it's not done yet. You know, like even though you've never actually made made the pizza or you've never actually made that meal and that person has done it 10,000 times, what you want to do as a good restaurant owner is just kind of criticize uh, and act like you know better. I think that's like that's how you build a good core team. It's called negging. It's how you get laid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my understanding. I think, okay, I think the actual owner of the restaurant should hire someone to pretend to be the owner of the restaurant and be like, some like, ah, welcome to my store, you know, welcome, you know, my tutorial room, and we, oh, my, these are my grandmother's recipe. Hire a storyteller to pretend to be you. And then you sit in the back and live with the money. Um, that's brilliant. That's how I would, that's how I would run a restaurant. I would, uh, I think that's uh, the number one tip and trick is like, you don't, you don't actually have to sit down and talk to people. Hire some guy to do that. You can write that off. Write it off. And then you can be in the back watching your employees steal from you. Now That's a good point. Yeah. Along with that, running a restaurant, some tips I want to get into is these pesky food safety laws. These sons of bees are going to come around with their clipboards and their pens and their magnifying (sighs) glasses and latex gloves and start writing tickets. How do we avoid old... Well, John Law getting in the way of our restaurant dreams. Don't let him in. 
<laughs> Good point. What are, what are they going to do? Don't let them in. You can't see the rats if you can't get in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, don't look out in the parking lot to the rat hole where they. Yeah. Don't in look the there. Don't look on the east side. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, but write the parking lot a ticket then. You yeah. stupid idiot. What are you, the parking lot inspector yeah. now? I'm not gonna yeah. let you in. How are you gonna get in? Through the rat hole where all the rats get into my kitchen? Well, I think we, we've kind of solved this in a previous episode about farming. We, uh, we have already legally established that OSHA cannot step onto your property as a, uh, when you're a farmer, right? Because that's your, also your, your home and your property. You're so. a sovereign citizen. They're not, I mean. So if your restaurant's farm to table, you know, we just call, the, uh. basically we go through the farm loophole and they, like to Grant's point, they, can, they can't even enter the premises. I love the idea. We get like a little Brickstone catalog. We buy one of those like little electronic like uh, herb garden growers that sits in the corner, and we just get fake plants in it because those things never work. And we call that our farm. Yeah, but then <laughs> you just say that this is a farm now, legally, technically. Definitely. And therefore, uh, you have no business here. <laughs> you just hold up some corn in a, like in the form of a cross. You have no power here. Yeah. Hey, worst case, you make them some hot cheese sticks. I mean, they bust one of those crispy dogs open and the cheese is just, you know, oozing out. Yeah. And you stick a $100 bill in one of them. And then when they look for, <laughs> when they ask for the bribe, you realize it's going to be a while before they get it. Oh, you they ate, that ate one. the wrong Sorry. one. Yeah. They're choking oh. on the $100 bill. Yeah. You'll get it in a couple days. Okay. So I think we've got some good management strategies. We've got the fission thing. It's all working out. But we need to build some buzz. Last thing <laughs> I want to do is like, let's give some advice here. How do you launch the restaurant? Are we talking grand openings or just some promotions, some sales? Like, how do how do you like build that buzz? Twenty uh, foot inflatable gorilla. That's a given. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. With the chef's hat on. He's got a chef's hat. Chef's hat, but also still holding a used car. Yes, still holding a, holding used, a car. used car. Wearing a chef's hat has a bow tie. Oh. Bow tie says used cars. I was thinking with the <laughs> the. 20-foot inflatable gorilla was wearing the Chris Barron hat, but I like the chef hat a lot better. That, that makes a lot more sense. Um, do, you do, a, do you do a grand opening? I think for a grand opening, you do a grand opening. You got to do that because it, it gets everything out of the way. The rehearsal opening, the soft opening, the getting harder opening. Um, the grand <laughs> opening is, um, I think, I think where you pull it off and get like the buzz out there and really attract the right people you take a full-page ad out in the local newspaper that says, Andy Dick is not welcome to uh, attend. <laughs> and I think that, that drives enough. They're just like, oh, fuck, what's he doing now? That weirdo again. Wow, this must be really good. Where's he trying to get it to? Always decent places. Let's go see what it is. Unless you are in New York, L.A., or Chicago, if you have those lights, those searchlights that mm, go up in the sky, yes. and you get... You just comp some meals for like the local weatherman or radioman, depending on like how, if you're small enough that you only have a radio channel, okay, get the local radioman out, the big kahuna. Or if you've got like a, you know, like Columbus, you got the local news people, uh, get them to go and everybody, that's as big a celebrity as you can possibly imagine. And all of those people will do it for a free set of cheese sticks. I mean, free cheese free, sticks, free apps, free zerts. Um, Columbus, Ohio's local weather team or newscasters will uh, definitely take a free meal for that. And then, I mean, shit. Now you've started your collection of black and white photos on the wall that people have to squint and be like, do I know any of these? Who are these people? Are these but, all Tony uh, Randall? Yeah. <laughs> all except one which is a literal crocodile in a tuxedo. I don't know how they did that. It's probably inhumane, but I like it. This might be getting a little too in the weeds here, but one piece of advice, whatever you're going to, whatever sort of material you're in, in, 
uh, gear you're buying for the grand opening, um, make sure on the back side it says because it just you're gonna have to buy this once and it'll save you in the long run. One side grand opening, the back side should always say under new management, and that way you just you oh, can flip nice. those suckers around every <laughs> every other month or so. You flip that around. You keep the buzz going. You keep that excitement going. Like, oh, that restaurant, that grand opening. Oh, it's under new management. Let's give that a try. Mm. Hey, we got those last clowns out of here. You ready to try some cheese sticks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. You ain't never had no cheese stick. I don't know what the last guy was doing, but these cheese sticks are banging. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. Um, these are going to be some of the best cheese sticks. Uh, anything else we need to... Give our audience uh, a, a leg up to be the, the top 20% of restaurateurs. I think along with your, while you're having a, you know, under new management, uh, you know, like you said, like most of these restaurants are out in, you know, three, four years. It's, it's, this is in and out. You got to get your money in quick. Um, I think on the way out, uh, as soon as things start to decline, dress up like a werewolf and start haunting your place. <laughs> mm. <laughs> To chase yourself off of the property for... Yeah, no guilt. And it's like, sorry, I couldn't keep the restaurant open, but werewolves at my age, I can't fight it. As a younger man, I would have... But anyways, so we're under new management now. It's me. It's not the werewolves. We got the werewolf out. Yeah, then you're like, we exercised the ghost, we got rid of the werewolf, it keeps getting better. Well, I think we've given them the... Uh the full life cycle from how to open to how to haunt yourself closed. I think the best strategy for owning a restaurant is to, uh, you, you have, you can, you can make them cheese sticks if you want, but you shape them like uh, killer whales <laughs> and uh, you advertise. These are the special dunk them like splash zone killer whale cheese sticks that have to be, thrown into the fry oil like from across the room eventually one of those splashes will start a fire and you can collect on that insurance money yes that's the only oh, way out nice move that's the only positive <laughs> way out otherwise way out. You're, otherwise 80 percent of the time you're you're going down 100 percent of the time so <laughs> as soon as you open that restaurant you're lighting a slow wick to a big stack of dynamite mm-hmm. baby that's the only way to do it how yours goes down? Fire happened next to the uh, the the fry throw line, like just <laughs> yeah, there's, tossing, there's nothing we can do about it. Frozen chicken from yeah, six yeah. feet away. You're still open. It's been three years. Let's just say there's shack at the fry throw mm. line. We're trying to yeah, <laughs> shut up. That fucking worked. It worked, out. It worked hard as hell. Ooh, that dog will hunt, boy. <laughs> That's what I was saying when I heard when I was thinking about that joke. I was thinking that dog will hunt. You know what they say? Eighty percent of our jokes fail on the first. Eighty percent of Ben's <laughs> jokes fail within the first five seconds. Twenty percent. Not even the grand opening yet. Come on. <laughs> well, little Captain Travis, there you have it. Ready to join the top, the elite twenty percent, and open your clubhouse. Uh, if you want our grandmother's recipe for well done pizza sticks, email us. <laughs> Uh, at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. And to see the security camera footage of all of your employees having sex with each other in the walk-in, uh, you can check us out on Instagram. We are Free Legal Advice Podcast. And like Grant always says, the best place on Twitter to see caricatures of Tony Randall in a crocodile suit <laughs> is to follow us uh, at Free Legal Pod on Twitter. And if you like the show and want to have sex with us in the walk-in kitchen, my shift starts at 3. I can burn some cheese sticks for you the way you like it. 
classic bit episode 136 i mean because that's a big pro bragging rights right i mean there's right. a dozen people who have been on the moon uh you're one of the people who have been on the goddamn moon yeah it's pretty rad yeah that's about as cool as it gets miles davis that was his <laughs> problem with drugs is because he wasn't on the 13th moon. coolest person ever <laughs> <laughs> above him it's all people who have been on the moon Wearing yeah. polo shirts tucked into sweatpants, which yep. just really uh, rubbed <laughs> in the wrong way. And of course, the six least coolest people ever, the six people who orbited the moon and never right. got to go down. <laughs> Fucking No, it's cool. I kind of like this. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want to go down there anyway. It's, uh, get, you just get dust in your shoes. and yeah. So, wow, you work at Mission Control? What do you do? Oh, I talked to the orbiting guy, and I, I lied to him that he's going on the next mission. <laughs> <laughs> it's great orbiting there. Can you see the guys doing important stuff? Because you're mm-hmm. totally... Doing it next time. Oh, that, hurts. <laughs> that hurts. He's it, not. It never gets easier. Hey, I wonder mm, if yeah. you can get all the way around again. You think you can get around again? Can you get a, <laughs> what, no way you can get, get around do. again. Here's what I want you to do. Don't do anything. Just, just <laughs> stay put. So put. Don't, no, seriously, don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so it says yeah. on my mission log, don't open the air or go home yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't open up and let the air out, and don't go home yet. <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing good. You're doing so good, guy. I just Who's asked, and it astronaut? says you you orbited the most and the best. We're putting it on the fridge, guys. Put it on the fridge right now. No, don't let the air out. No, don't. Not uh, until they guys, get back. Uh, excuse me. The, now that Neil and Buzz are down on the moon, what am I supposed to do, uh, sir? This is not a civilian channel. Please get off. We're doing very important work here. Oh my god! I'm sorry. You'll be charged twenty nine ninety nine a minute for uh, long distance charges. <laughs> so you know, it's uh, it's about the trip. Um, I, I've been on some uh, canoe trips. That uh, it's not really about the food. It's about the the trip itself. But very but similar food, to astronauting. It was a, it was really close. Uh, mm-hmm. um, canoe to the moon. Are there. <laughs> yeah, backpack and canoe for a week. It's it's very much like being on the moon. I'm like seventeenth coolest person ever. You had you had one friend who was just uh, uh, sailing around the lake, just like right by the parking lot, just in circles, while you guys went down the river. He was back in the canoe base, just literally driving around the parking lot the whole yes. time. <laughs> we, we had a week of like canoeing out in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. cool island. Can I come on? Keep the canoe going, buddy. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't want to go on there anyway. Dangerous and stupid. Boring. Mm, they, said I get, they said I get to go on there next time. Turn internet over.